Hello, friends, and welcome to To The Point, the home services podcast that focuses on marketing and operational solutions to help you get better. Because if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. Now, let's cut through the bullshit and get to the point. What's up, To The Point listeners? I am your host, Chris Yano of To The Point Home Services Podcast, along with my guest, well, not even my guest, my guest, Paul, I'm so sorry. You're my co-host. I'm, you just look like a guest because what are you sitting in right now? Well, first, I'm on vacation. So this is what vacation looks like. But I'm sitting in, for those who can't see, I'll describe it. I'm in a yurt, which is basically like a giant tent with a wood frame kind of supporting it and keeping it together. So this is what vacation looks like in the Redmond household. Um, so I need to understand something real quick. Uh, how many folks are in that uh, tall Paul Redmond family again? So uh, we're six plus a dog. So we've got four kids, the wife and I. And it's, we're not ju- it's not the number you need to take into consideration. It's that we're all just kind of like giraffes. Like we're just limbs everywhere. So this actually works really well. I'm going to pan ceiling. I mean, it's like, I don't know, 20 feet tall. Um, so this is what we need, man. We just need, we need this, you know, north and south space. But yeah, we're in the Great Smoky Mountains um, bordering Tennessee in Western North Carolina, and uh, it's an impromptu vacation. Um, so we had some commitments. So today, dad works to the point, and it's a good day. It's going to be a good one. Absolutely. So it's kind of like a teepee is what you're saying. It's basically, yeah, it's, it's absolutely a teepee. So with air conditioning. So ironically, teepee isn't a teepee. <laughs> See what I did there? Gosh, I'm so <laughs> damn brilliant. What do you Amazing. think? Right? Okay. Pretty good. Okay, good. Let's get to it. Um, I can't believe we didn't talk more about the year. I wish y'all could see it. Um, we'll take pictures of it. If you don't know what it is, Google it. Um, cause it's quite interesting, but the smoky mountains are gorgeous. Um, so I want to get to our guest, and I am so excited for our guests on the show today. And I know we say that cause I am excited. I'm not bringing in somebody on if I'm not excited about it, but I'm a little extra excited about this. One, and I'll tell you why, because our guest is a valuable member of the Rhino family by way of Detroit. Michigan, well, really a suburb, but Detroit, all right, Detroit, Michigan, been a customer of ours, client of ours since, uh, actually, I think he came on board in, I want to say October, but we didn't officially launch till November, so right towards the end of last year, um, and I'm excited to have her on, and she's been awesome, and I've developed a, a really great relationship with her, she's been a great customer, she's actually been super helpful um, on a lot of different things with us, and, and, and being a good referral source for us, and, um, and, and really, I'm hopping on the podcast and sharing kind of her story because she's in a, a multi-generational, um, you know, business, you know, HVAC, well, uh, home services business in Detroit. So I want to bring you on board, but what I want to do is something slightly different. Um, um, because I want, usually what I'll do is I will uh, tee up for the listeners, um, all the credibility, um, and the things that, you know, our guests have been involved in, but I'm going to have Dana do it this time. And so first off, I want to welcome our guest, Dana Hoddle from CNC Heating and Air Conditioning in Detroit. Dana, welcome. Oh, thanks. Hey, thanks for having me on. I'm excited to be here. Oh, I know you are. I'm excited. <laughs> You're excited. TP's excited in this TP. So what I want- Gander in the house. Jeez. <laughs> oh, so what I want to know quickly, before I go any further into this, before I have you set anything up, is- CNC has been around since what, 1948 or something like that? I 1948, yeah, 72 years. 
48. Good grief. Um, you're not in business that long if you're not doing something right. And you know what's a really good example of that is the fact you guys have 2,100 plus Google reviews at a 4.9 rating. That's ridiculously amazing. Thank so you. congrats on that. That's how you get it done, listeners. And I can't wait to kind of dig into that a little bit more to see, like, how are we accomplishing those things or how are they accomplishing those things? Um, but what I got to know is you guys are just off of a 12 mile and what? Gross back. So we're just off 696 highway and in Detroit. It's one of the main highways. So, so, um, have, so, I mean, this is a question everybody's going to want to know since you're in Detroit. I mean, I'm yeah. sure everybody's going to want to know. I want to know is, uh, do you service? I know what you're going to ask. <laughs> you service uh, eight mile road. I'm just curious. We do. Yes. We're, we are four miles north of eight mile road. So, okay. I mean, you've been around since 1948. So is there a yep. possibility that maybe you went to the Mathers residence, uh, Marshall Mathers residence and potentially service that trailer park? Is it possible? Probably. I'm sure we have. <laughs> For those who don't I don't know if we've done his residence, but I'm sure we've serviced that trailer home. Well, I mean, they probably have a window unit, so I know how that goes. But uh, no, there's also, nice ones here. Lots of nice mobile units that we service all the time. Well, maybe. Yeah, you better back up, Chris. Yeah. You better back up. You're insinuating the listen, Michigan man, people. Listen, I, I come from a poor family, man. Like, I, I get it. Like, we're poor, poor family. So uh, I'm not hating on anybody. I'm just curious to know. You know how that went down. For those who don't know Marshall Mathers, uh, he goes by the alias and better known as Eminem. Um, okay, so we will get into this. So, Dana, thanks. First off, welcome. Now, listen, um, we talked about this kind of pre-podcast quickly. You know, Paul went on your little Michigan rant. Um, I am from Indiana, so I'm just south of you. I'm actually protecting you guys from Kentucky. Um, sorry to my Kentucky folks. I say that because they say the same thing about Indiana. Um, but uh, you went to Albion College, right? I did, yes. Yeah, small liberal arts school. Is that what you went for? Uh, I went for economics and management. God. I'm a small liberal arts guy. This is you amazing. Are? I am. Oh, Lord. Where, what school? I went to Wittenberg University. I've been it's there. You've been to Wittenberg? Yeah, I played volleyball there. Did you really? Did you play yeah. in, I think we, we had like multiple All-Americans. Sarah Yeskowitz, does that name ring a bell? I don't remember. Okay. Anyway, I know for yeah. sure we either played them or had been there at some point. Oh, for sure. Yeah, we played Albion in basketball. Yeah, God, yeah. I probably was right at now? one of your games. Chris, you can just you can just yeah. mail it in. This is amazing. Reunion. This is amazing. Hey, I gotta. I have a quickly. I'm gonna do this on air just because it's actually happened to me a couple times. Hey, uh, Kyle, can you get the power cord for my computer, please? To my backpack in my office. <laughs> just grab my whole backpack. I appreciate that. I'm at nine percent power. So, uh, oh, listen. Good happens. I did a, I did a presentation once at Google. I mean, at Google for a room full of HVAC contractors, because for those who don't know, uh, we helped in the beginning of all the Google home services now called Google guarantee prog prog progress. Uh, we were involved in that whole thing in the beginning before it even went live. So fun fact listeners. So I was doing a meeting at Google with the worst internet service that we've ever had. <laughs> so it happens. Um, so what I want to get into is, uh, um, just if you can, and I asked pretty much everybody this on how you got into the uh, industry and um, how you get into the industry. And, um, and, and if you would also share like some of the successes that, I mean, you, you've been around a long time. So share some of the yeah. successes that you guys have had, like awards you've won, some of the, the, uh, sure. the things you're a part of, just kind of go into it and tee the whole thing up for our listeners. Okay. So um, how I got into the business, obviously I'm a third generation. So it started by my great uncle and grandpa. 
Um, and then my dad and uncle took it over. And in college, I needed a summer job. And my mom's like, hey, why don't you come and be a call taker for us, you know, over the summer. And at that time, we had just joined Airtime. And so we were starting to like call take with scripts. Um, we were uh, dispatching for profits. And um, it was awesome to see the effect that we were having every day. We had, we were doing about I mean, maybe three and a half, four million, had 20 employees, you know, good business, but nothing, you know, to write home about. And, um, you know, so that semester I was away at school and my mom's like, Hey, have you thought about coming back and working for the business? And, you know, it kind of sparked my interest and, uh, airtime was having an expo in Anaheim. And I went and I saw the remarkable things these people were doing with their companies and it validated the business um, and made spark my interest. And I could see the potential we could have to grow it. And that was it. So and now here you are. Story. So, so if you would mind sharing, um, so where are you, where is CNC at today in regards to size? Uh, so we have 70 employees. Um, we're on path to about 14 million in, in sales. So. so awesome. So awesome. Congrats. And you guys are, I mean, obviously just doing everything the right way. Clearly there's always been hiccups along the way. Everybody has them. You learn from them oh, yes. doing it right. I mean, the reviews don't lie. The uh, length of time even a business doesn't lie. Like the growth doesn't lie, all these things, but you guys also have, I mean, I've seen on some of the social forums, you guys have a great culture. It seems like too. We do. We do a lot of events for our employees every year. Um, we do like a cider mill trip with uh, all the whole family um, in the fall. We do boil bowling in the spring. Um, we'll do a Tigers game in the summer. Um, we try to keep, you know, things going, make it like a family. Um, so we know the spouses, we know their kids. I know all the employees names. Um, I say hi to them. Um, I think that's so important to have that relationship with all your employees. Yeah. See, I want to talk about that for a second. Um, so for anybody who's a new listener, um, I'm also the CEO of a company called Rhino Strategic Solutions. Um, and CNC is a customer of ours. So if that connect the dots there. Um, and we have, um, you know, we have a large staff too. And um, even though we have a lot of remote, you know, remote employees, um, COVID's been a little bit difficult. We pride ourselves on um, company culture. And usually you walk into the, you know, the office and the studio area and it's like the energy is high and it's booming. And I'm a, a social butterfly. I like to be in and like talk to people, look them in the eyes. So um, maintaining culture has become a little more difficult because I don't have that interaction. And we've onboarded like 12 new employees in this pa in the past few months. And I, you know, and it's just hard because I don't, I don't have the same connection with them. It's just not, it's just, it's harder. Are you experiencing, you guys experiencing the same stuff there? Yeah, that's been a major obstacle the last couple of months. And, you know, one of the big things is we've been so busy. Um, you know, our guys are working late and we haven't had that connection, that time to like see them. They're working long hours. We haven't been able to do like a dinner, a night out. It's just been, it's really tough to, you know, keep that culture going, that motivation, um, that drive. So, you know, we've been, those, that's one of the things we're working through right now. How can we you know, still maintain that, that culture, that relationship with those people, even though they're working remotely. And, you know, I think one of the things we were discussing is, you know, working in small groups, bringing them in and, you know, just talking, having a lunch and sitting down with them. So Love it. I think that's one way we're going to go about doing it. 
Yeah, we've had to, um, I just want, I'm going to, I know this isn't the topic, but I just want to talk about it for a second because everybody has to be affected by this right now. Um, and we, and we're in Phoenix, you know, so, um, Arizona, which is leading the pack for uh, all this COVID nightmare. Um, so we went back to a, everybody being remote, but you know, we're not, um, you, you don't, you can come in if you'd like to, but you have to follow all the right precautions. Um, so what have you guys been doing that you think is, I mean, I've been trying multiple things, but like we did a, a brunch, uh, last week and we're doing another one. Um, we do them on Fridays. So that way, even though the group is small, it's still getting that time to, if you want, you're comfortable coming in or meeting at a location we're taking care of brunch just to try and stay connected with people, but it's still not the same because it's a small group. And, uh, you know, we have, um, all in, I think in the office here, we have, you know, 50 some odd employees, hundred over hundred employees total, but only 50 that actually come into the office. And now it's like, I don't know, maybe 20 or so that are showing up if maybe even if that, so what are you guys doing? You know, anything else different that you're trying to do to try and keep those connections, you know, um, um the other day we just did a barbecue um you know detroit was hit really hard the beginning of covid we've kind of moved out of that so it's things are getting a little bit easier to do things and people feel more comfortable um but you know it was opening day for the tigers last friday so we did a barbecue and um you know just kind of everyone kept their six foot distance and you know we're doing what we can but still you got to live your life too at some point sure sure yeah, well, that's great. Even the littlest things make the biggest difference. I mean, yeah. you know, the little, like a barbecue is a perfect example, you know, just it being able to get together. I mean, heck, we were doing, we were doing social or I mean, a virtual happy hours when that whole yeah. thing. Yeah, I like that, that idea, actually. That was but. A blast. <laughs> um, you know, until, and, you know, until like we kind of started getting back into it, but we were trying everything to try and keep the, the company culture. But, um, you know, you guys treat much like us. I mean, we call everybody the Rhino family. And if you're a customer, you're part of the Rhino family and we treat you as such. And it's the same way with the employees. It's the same way with our partnerships that we have. Yeah, exactly. So we're in a family, you know, quote unquote, air quotes, family business. We treat everybody the exact same way. We care about everybody the exact same way, just like your family. We fight internally like brothers and sisters. Okay. But guess what? Somebody comes from the outside and tries to attack my family. I'm going to fight you. Right. Because I protect my brothers and sisters. I protect my Rhino family because that's how I'm, wired, but that's also part of us just caring about, you know, really caring about each other. So, um, you're in the family business. So let's talk, about, let's talk about that. So I'm I, deep in the family business. You <laughs> sure are. Now <laughs> listeners, what I want you to hear is Dana is very a type. So if you have some of those a types in your life, and I'm certain that you do, I do, um, you know, there's really not much, uh, they don't, share right and they're not they're confident about the their answers their confidence about their feelings and they usually got something to back that up maybe multiple things to back up however they feel about x y or z dana is no different so we're going to hop into it but i I, there's a lot of our listeners that um you know that pull family into the business because sometimes it's easier like you pull your wife in or you might pull in your brother or your sister or your cousin or somebody to help do something within the business if they're newer um also when they're bigger like listen, I've got sisters and I've got my younger sister that would love to work for Rhino and it's just not a fit. That's the nicest way I can put it. It's just not a fit, but she'd ask me about a hundred times and she'll keep asking me, but there's still that like fine line if she is my sister. So I have to you know, maintain that. My, my mother worked for us. She retired from the company. My wife is the CEO of the company. We are exact opposite. She is very much like Dana. Um, and the, meaning she's very A-type. Um, That's a compliment. 
but very brilliant. I knew, I knew that. I could tell. I know exactly where. Very brilliant. <laughs> I can and see then, the line. <laughs> and my oldest daughter works for us on our call listing and reporting team. But let's get into your side of it because I know this happens often. And we have, I mean, almost everyone I've talked to, I mean, heck, we had Ken Goodrich on the show and he had to fire, fire his mom. So uh, we haven't had to do that. So. So that's pretty brutal. But um, <laughs> so what, like, I know you started to get into the family business. Let's talk about what are some of the challenges that you face kind of being, you know, a family member in the business? Like how, how you tell me, like, how is the challenge? What are the challenges that you run into since you're so deep into it? SmartAC.com, SmartAC.com. If you haven't heard of it, you better find out. If you haven't implemented it, you better check it out. You have to get started doing something. 2024 is going to be an absolute battlefield. What are you doing differently than your competitors? You need to make sure that your memberships are sticky. SmartAC.com does that. Lifetime warranty, insurance savings, filter discounts, 24-7 monitoring that lets you know about problems before the homeowner might even know about the problem. Live tech chat, service providers, all of this with smartac.com. You've got to check it out now. You know, um, there's a hard time like separating work from leisure time. Um, my, I'm very close with my parents. Um, I'm actually living them with them right now <laughs> because we <laughs> sold our house and are building a new one. Um, so not only do I work with them, but I live with them and um, we go on vacation together. Um, so you know, drawing that line of business versus work. Um, you know, usually we cross it. And usually when, you know, we're on vacation, we're, we're talking work and working through things, but you know, you got to have some time away. Um, you know, just normal conflicts. My dad's a true visionary. Um, and sometimes I have to ground him and say, okay, is this really the direction we want to go? You know, what, what, what's the purpose of this? Um, so that's really important is, you know, you, you're going to have conflicts, but like working them out, communicating, um, figuring things out and, you know, why, why do you want to do this? Is this this really a good fit for us at this point in time? So, so how many, so, so for those listening, Jim Corian is her, her father, um, and he's awesome. And I've had a blast of time with him. He's a good, he's a great guy. Um, how many people are, are in the family and the business today? So today there's really only three of us. Okay. So my mom, my dad, and me. Okay. Uh, and my aunt works like part-time, but nothing, you know, she's not. Um, but previously it was my uncle, um, my uncle, my aunt, my mom, my dad. Um, <laughs> so it was, there was some tumultuous times. It was hard. You know, my grandma at some point had to have separate Christmases because, you know, there was <laughs> arguments about things. So, you know, it's, it's hard. Um, I think the important thing is to draw the line of um, expectations. Like this is what we expect for everyone. And if you're not fulfilling it, you know, things need to happen. Um, you need to have, you know, like buyouts. If people aren't happy, they need, you need to have a way for someone to get out of the business. Um, it's so important, but you know, right now with the way things are, it's, it works really well. Like my mom is total conservative. My dad's the risky visionary and I'm the one that kind of, blends the two so oh paul who's she like in our company uh that would be me this yeah. is my soul sister. So, so did you start in the business right after college or did you do I like did. oh you did yeah. you came right in yeah so i did as soon as i graduated i went into the business and i you know was a csr i dispatched i did ar um i've done hr i've done payroll like every position that we've had i've done i know you know i can teach anyone anything 
at this point in time. So um, I think that's really important is if you want to join the family business, start at the ground level and you will learn everything, you know, how, how a business runs. Just you can't run, come in as a manager and have that respect um, and, you know. I think so you, that, hold on a second. I want to tap, touch on one thing, but, but I want you to ask that question, Paul. You actually yes. mentioned two things I think are extremely important. Um, one, you said there has to be that like defined line on business and personal. Um, that's where we've, I mean, as a company for us is that's what we put in place and there's no, there's, I mean, it's my wife and I, you know, I'm the yeah. CEO, she's the COO. Um, and we try not to bring it home, but work is fun for me. So I don't look yeah. at it as work. So I talk about it cause I enjoy it. Whereas she needs to take a mental break. Now, I will say, I believe her job is tougher than mine. She manages far more people than I do. Her job is is a little bit more stressful. Um, and she likes to shut down. Whereas I'm excited because I'm more like Jim. I'm more like your dad. I like yeah. to just keep going and talking about things I'm going to do and want to do and all these things. But when we start bringing in family, the line's the line. Like we do not, like you, These this is the job. You do not go outside of this. You don't get treated any differently. And yeah. the other piece of this is the segue into it, as you said, respect. There's no way if you're bringing in family into this job and you silver spoon it and get, put them in a position that they're not qualified for because they're family, they're not going to have that respect. And you got to earn, I think respect is earned. So by going through what you did from answering the phones to like doing the various jobs, you did these things. You earned respect and you earned your way up to now the operations manager, right? And you're probably yeah, still doing general manager. Yeah, I mean, you're probably doing a lot of, I mean, still doing various things, but I mean, we know, we know who runs the show over there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My dad has the fun, you know, I get to go be the one that actually, he, he thinks of it and I do it. So. Love that. I love the doers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. Go ahead, buddy. What were you going to say? Yeah, so, you know, I come across a lot of people who in their 30s or 40s kind of come back to the family business. And your situation is unique in that you dove right in. Do you have like friends who, you know, left school and went to work for like the big management consulting companies or big banks or went to New York who are now kind of looking at you going, wow, that might have been a better path? Yeah, I think so. I mean, especially with, I get the opportunity to travel. Um, the th you know, I have some flexibility in my job. And, uh, yeah, they, they definitely are a little, little jealous, but you know, I worked hard for this. This is not like I worked how yeah. many hours a, a week for this. So, you know, it's, it's, it's earned, but yeah, I mean, it was, you know, sometimes I was a little jealous of all my friends that went to Chicago when we're out in the town every weekend, but that's you what know, you do when you're from the camp. Midwest. That yeah. was, so that was my plan too. Like going through college, you didn't really think of anything other than, okay, I'm either going to go to Chicago or mm -hmm. I'm going to go work for in management consulting or whatever. And a yeah. lot of people kind of do that. And it's so, it's so interesting because, um, you know, it gets down to like the backbone of the American economy of small business. And it's not yeah. sexy. So people don't automatically think like, I'm going to finish my degree and go get into it. But then they come back and it all comes back. I always back. say like our business is not glamorous. It's, it's hard work. It's so important yep. to, to have, enjoy, enjoy your job. Yep. Absolutely. Um, so I'll oh, go ahead, Chris. So quick question for you then. Um, you, Paul, here's why I, here's what I took away from that too, is if you're listening 
uh, and you didn't notice during COVID who was an essential business, maybe you rethink what you're doing when you're coming out of school and what type of business you want to get into. <laughs> My mom keeps telling me she's going to tell all the grandkids don't go to college. So <laughs> <laughs> I may or may not have talked our, uh, the guy that produces all of our podcasts, our video guy yeah. to, come work, to come work for us and maybe make an early exit on college may or may not have happened. I don't yeah. know. But he's right there. Just look at me smile. He's happy. Look, I'm just loving. Yeah. Life. <laughs> um, so let's talk about this for a second. I want to get more into the the family side of this for our listeners too, who have, are considering or already have um, family in the business. But what advice would you give to those um, to give others that are looking to go in to the family business? Obviously start from the bottom, learn as much as you can um, network. I would say, a big thing is too, if it's not a fit for you, don't stay in it. Like it's hard work owning a business. It's very stressful. Um, and if you're not enjoying it, 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 you won't survive. So you, I think that, uh, um, you said, well, you need to be humble going into it. So even if you're going into the family business, you're already going to get like, you're going into it. You're already going to have like, Oh, great. What's, you know, what's he going to get that I'm not cause he's family type of thing or what's she going to get so, and then, but I, the other key ingredient is don't just do it to do it. If you figure out, like you said, you don't like it, then don't do it. Be passionate about whatever the heck it is you're going to do. If you're going to go into it, go all in, be passionate, earn your stripes, get the respect. But um, I mean, why not? You have the opportunity right in front of you. Clearly it's a successful business. If you're going to go into it um, into, and if you're going into this type, you know, the home services space, it's an essential business, but make the most of it. But you got to be passionate about what you're doing. I believe to really excel in, you know, in, in the businesses. So um, what's been the best thing for you about working with family? Like I know for me what it is, what's the best thing for you about working? Gosh, that's a hard question. I would say I, you know, I just love coming to work every day. Um, these people are like beyond my actual family, the people are my family. And it's that sense of accomplishment. Like this is my family built this, like, my grandpa started this and it's like, you know, I, I just want to carry on that tradition of being here and providing for all these other families. Like we feed 70 families a week. You know, it's, it's something to have pride about. So. You're, so is your grandpa still, still alive? No, I never met my grandpa. Oh man. So my grandpa passed away when my dad was 23. Um, and my dad was actually, so he graduated college from Adrian. So he was a D3 guy too. And um, so when my dad graduated college, my grandpa made him promise that he never come back to the family business. And so my dad went on and was a TM for carrier. So he was working in HVAC, ah. but was physically not in the family business. And my grandpa had a heart attack and passed away in the middle of the night. And my uncle was left with him and one other employee and asked my dad to come back and he broke his promise, came back and the rest is history. So and here you are. Yep. Here I am. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. The, uh, I think part of it is for me is, and I, and is just the enjoyment of accomplishing things together. I mean, nothing's closer than your immediate family, right? So if you can accomplish some great things together, like we look at it the same way. I love that you said you feed 70 families. That's exactly what it is. And you have that responsibility yes. to, uh, to do those things. And, but you also have what can be the burden of doing those things. Oh, yeah. you know, during oh, when COVID hit, it was very stressful. Those are like 
painful weeks of, you know, to trying to decide what to do, what was best for our employees. Like I said earlier, Detroit got hit really hard and our employees were even scared to go out on calls um, early on. So it was just like, okay, what, how do we navigate this? That's in the best interest of our employees where they feel comfortable. I never want to put an employee in a situation where they don't feel comfortable. So did you find any challenges being a female leader? So you've got a couple things going against you. One, you're the daughter of the owners, right? So there's high expectations. Um, you know, there's not a lot of women in operational leadership roles in HVAC. Tell me some of your experiences about that. So, I mean, I really didn't have any problems because I started from the bottom. So I'm now the fourth highest in sort of tenure in our company at this point in time. So the people that I started with are actually, you know, a lot of them have, are gone. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I started from the bottom, so they didn't really see me rise. Um, mm -hmm. Being a woman, I've always been kind of one of the guys I, you know, I'm really laid back. Right. Um, and so I never really had an issue so much as being a woman in this, in the role. Um, the biggest thing I think is just um, like when I go out to places like different events and stuff is just earning respect from people um, outside of the company, you know, just getting, you know, a lot of people just think, oh, you're just a call taker or a dispatcher or, <laughs> you know, but that, that would be my biggest holdup with being a woman in the industry is just outside of like when we go to events is getting respect. They don't know that you're a badass running $14 million. <laughs> so, $14 million so looking back over the last, I guess it's what, been 14, 12 or 14 years now that you've been Eight, in this? 16 years. 16 years. Um, yeah. What are some things you would have done differently sooner? What are some things you would not have done? Talk about that experience. Oh, gosh. Oh, man, There's I'm so going to ask that um, question. I, I, one thing is, you know, when the recession hit in 2009, um, one thing that we did really well is we acquired two companies. And um, at that time they were repair companies. So we were able to grow our company by 20% because we came in and offered replacement versus just repair. And it really saved us. You know, Detroit got hit hard during that time as well. So <laughs> um, we were actually able to grow, you know, during, during a downturn. Um, I guess an, another thing would be, um, we've really focused on growing our club memberships. Um, we have about 5,500, I think, almost, nice. almost 6,000. And one of the areas we focus is it's perpetual. We don't do annuals unless someone asks. Um, so we have that reoccurring income come in every month. Um, we have 10,000 service calls on the schedule every year um, before the year even starts. And yep. <laughs> and uh you know we every anniversary for that reoccurring our technician that sold that gets some money so we have technicians every month get three hundred dollars just in reoccurring fees so it keeps awesome. them working for us so that's one big thing that i would share is you know start your club membership base it's so important so that was an additional incentive to stick around and be good yeah great yeah yeah yep. they're not going to walk away from three hundred dollars yeah. a month without doing any work, you know? I mean, right. That's fantastic. I mean, 10,000 on the counter, but gosh, that's, that's fantastic. Or is that what I heard you say? 10,000? Yeah. 10,000. I, we do a furnace and air conditioner, every club, we have a minimum of 5,000. I think we're almost at 55. So, so cool. I, uh, 
I want to share one quick thing because I meant to do it earlier and I forgot. Do you care if I share real quick just um, from May and June on what we did together, what Rhino and CNC did together? Oh, I don't mind. Cool. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I don't get to share this ever. It's the first time. No, this is the first time. <laughs> can, I, can, I, can I pause for a second? Sure. Like, we really try to keep, you know, to the point as organic as we can and not bring too much of Rhino into it. And it's kind of hard because there's some crossover and we kind of live it. But this is our first time like talking actual specific client results on the podcast, which I'm like pumped about. Yeah, I am too. And, and, and the podcast has really grown. And so thanks to all the listeners who continue to listen over and over again to Dana, including yourself. Um, it's been amazing. And the, the feedback and the, re, and the people reaching out has been huge. And the page following and the people reaching out wanting to you know, work with Rhino and stuff. It's been truly amazing and I'm grateful for it. Um, but the reason is, you know, been in the trades for since 2008 doing digital marketing. So we better have it figured out, right? Like it's all we do every day. But I want to share your, your numbers because not only are they great from our end, but they're great from your end. And it's what the, it's the epitome of what Rhino was all about. And it is, we exist to grow your business, period. That's it. That's what every effort we do every day is to do that for CNC, for any of our, any of the customers in the Rhino family. So I'm going to share these numbers real quick because I'm super excited about it. So May, May, the average cost per lead, now hear me listeners, when Rhino talks about a cost per lead, it's a legit brand new lead, not a repeat caller, a repeat customer, a referral, none of that stuff. It's you, you listen to all the calls, you split them out, you, you repeat callers on their own, solicitors on their own, then you base it on straight install leads and straight service leads. So I'm giving you the average cost per lead for those new leads, new customers is $53.70 in May was the average cost per lead. Now May's a pivotal month in Detroit. Um, that's when we really cross our fingers and hope the heat comes quick. Um, you know, hopefully by Memorial Day weekend or, but you know, at least Memorial Day weekend, but the proactive buyer market is phenomenal in May. You can go get the early buyers. Um, in May we did, there was a $53.70 cost per lead with 128 new install leads. I'm not just saying on Rhino, CNC is doing way more than that. I'm just saying just from Rhino, 128 new install leads and 299 service leads in May, June. $56.38 cost per lead with 166 new install leads and 251 new service leads. But here's what's really cool. Do you know what your close ratio was, all the booking ratio was on those leads, Dana? No. I'll tell you. I expect you to remember. You're at a 40% close ratio on brand new leads. That is fantastic. I mean, I'm talking new business. That's not easy. Like the average, I would say, you know, it, we'd see it feel fluctuate between 36 and, and 38. And it's gotten harder with COVID. It's gotten harder to get things in book, but to sit at a 40% is pretty freaking awesome. So congrats to you guys on absolutely crushing it. Thank you. Yeah. It's been a great summer. It's been awesome. It's got to carry it on into fall. So let's hopefully, yeah. uh, Keep We're booked her. halfway through August right now. So <laughs> yeah, let's keep her, keep her rolling. So, um, in the, um, what would be, I guess what I like to look at is holistically, what can I pull out of any of these, um, any of the podcasts that I know our listeners can walk away and check some boxes and actually implement something, actually do something. And the, the gist of this podcast has been mostly around, family in the business or you going you know or bringing in family into your business or are you going into your family business um is there any other advice to someone who's thinking of stepping out 
of another company and starting your own business, what advice would you give to that person who's, who's doing, like who's thinking to do that? Or is there something like, hey, before you even do that, you need to do X, Y, Z. Because you've done so many things through CNC. Like you said, you started from the bottom that you get it. Like you get the things that are going to have to happen for it to be successful. What is a good piece of advice that you would be able to sure. give to someone? Um, I, we always preach calls are most important. So making sure, you know, you're booking those calls that are coming in, you know, you're spending advertising dollars to get them. You have to make sure you book them. And the other thing is, I mean, not every call you want. So, you know, dig a little deeper, um, you know, right now we don't schedule anything less than five years old if for service. Um, if it's not our installation, because we don't, we don't have the manpower to do it. And we get a lot of people calling us that, um, you know, we gave an estimate to, and then they can't get the technic or the company that serviced them or install them to come out and service. So, you know, we through the, through all calls and find the gold, um, prioritize your calls to make sure you get the right technician to the call. Um, so important. Um, know your numbers every day. I forecast three days out. So I, you know, this is the amount of calls I want. How many calls am I at? Um, so we can make adjustments if we need to. Um, and then every day I go through and do my uh, daily management report. So I see where we were at day to day to budget and, you know, go from there and make adjustments and, you know, make sure that our sales are in, in uh, our labor is good on the percentage of sales that we're at too. So we're, that we're actually making money. Wait, so you got to pay attention to the numbers? Yeah, yeah. unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately you do. <laughs> so That's the hard part is the numbers. <laughs> sales doesn't cure all problems, okay? <laughs> is your guys, did I read somewhere that you think your guys' motto is, is it service, service today? Service today and sell tomorrow, yeah. Is that, is that how that, you guys do, do you guys do next day installation, same day installation, anything like um, that? During normal times, yes. During, this, parts, yeah. during the summer, it hasn't, I actually, we, I had a, uh, interview with a radio and, you know, that's what they use all the time. And I had to say, you know, right now it's been, um, unprecedented, unprecedented times. And, you know, you know, we're doing it. We just, right now I'm saying we're getting out to you as fast as we can. Um, but we had in July, nine days over 90 and that doesn't happen in Detroit. Right. Right. So compounding, compounding that issue, there are some equipment shortages in the industry. You're booked out through August. How is that impacting you? How are you dealing with it? What have you learned from that? It's uh, day to day um, right now. Um, We're just in time inventory. So we order and get it delivered the day before we do the install and things have changed. We are just ordering it right now and getting it delivered as soon as possible, even if it's three weeks out. So, um, you know, I was speaking to some people and they say that the equipment shortage is going to get worse before it gets better. They're thinking from the manufacturer to the dealer. Um, right now, I think they said it's at seven weeks and it could get bad as 11 weeks. Um, so just be aware that you are going to have to plan, um, maybe have some inventory on hand. Um, because, uh, you know, I think we're finally seeing, I, I expected it actually earlier, but I, I we're seeing you know, the shutdown from COVID is now hitting right now. So, yeah. So, so tell me about the philosophy of just in time inventory versus doing like consignment or floor planning or stocking. Sure. Um, well, why did you decide to go that way? And looking back, would you do it differently? 
Uh, we've always done it that way. We've pretty much never had an in inventory issue up until this point. I mean, there's been, we, we're not a single dealer. So we always have three lines that we work with. So if someone is short, we can usually flip to yeah. a different brand. Um, and, uh, that's one thing I would highly recommend for a lot of people is don't be tied down to one specific brand. Um, but yeah, it's, it's across the board right now. Yeah. So usually it's not an issue for us, but this year it has been. You guys are, I, I can imagine. You guys are um, strictly HVAC, mostly residential HVAC, right? Yes. Potentially moving other ways, but so I was just going to ask, so <laughs> oh, look at you. I was going to ask, is there, um, we talked to so many, um, and we at Rhino have so many contractors that are offering multiple services and yeah. it's a great deal of success. Um, but it's also been really helpful in times when like there's equipment shortages, we can pick up the slack on another, on another service. Have, has CNC considered adding in plumbing, electrical, anything like that? Years ago, um, we actually were going to open an electrical company, um, but at that time we ended up acquiring three other companies, and it just wasn't the fit. Sure. Um, but we're we're open, we're we're <laughs> we're looking, so it's a potential. It's it might it might happen. Okay. Okay. I'll, 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 keep, I'll I, keep checking on that. <laughs> I, I want to give a shout out. One of the most thoughtful, I guess, funny responses I ever heard. A guy named Chris DeCampley. Shout out to Chris. Chris. I once asked him, what's the best decision you made for your HVAC company? And he said, buying a plumbing company. <laughs> <laughs> they say that it's a great fit, but well, maybe we'll find out. <laughs> well, I'll tell you this much from a company that has to market for a lot of plumbing companies. It's a hell of a lot more consistent. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> And, and because you have so many maintenance units customers, I, feel you, I think you call them your club customers, um, yeah. you'll have a great, I mean, there's a great opportunity for cross-selling there too. So, yeah. um, so uh, I do want to start to wrap. Um, I do want to ask, um, you know, one quick question. It's something that, that I've noticed has been the normal cadence for really all uh, guests that have been on um, since the beginning of the year is, you know, if somebody has, we actually have quite a, quite a decent um female, you know, listeners that reach out to us, which is fantastic. I love it. Um, you know, and, and I mean, we're part of actually Rhino is part of women in HVAC. I mean, our wife is our COO. So she went to the women in HVAC conference. Um, but she's more, she likes to stay behind the scenes. She doesn't like to be you know out in front of as much, <clears throat> but we had on here, um, Charlene Ierna, um, who is, um, down in Florida, Tampa, Florida. He is way cooler than me. <laughs> I, 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 I listened to her podcast and she hunts crack alligators. Yes. Yeah. Alligator. I was like, how can you compete with that? Like she <laughs> is fantastic. And I've known her for years and she's a cut, you know, she's been a customer of ours. Um, and, but I, uh, one thing that she's really, really great about is she's super humble. Number one, even though she's such a badass, she's super humble, but she will help anybody that asks. She will make, time as busy as she is you know we'll make time um you know getting to know you i probably already know the answer to this question but you know because you know sometimes um people would you know some some of the, the ladies that listen would rather talk to a female alone um female instead of some of the the men and would you be open to them being able to connect with you directly if they need questions Definitely. or have any questions like i just had i just um came home i mean i actually was up at our cabin today and i hired I had multiple options on plumbing companies up there because I'm putting in a, um, a generator. And um, 
I hired a company called Jeannie Hall Plumbing. Um, and you know why? Because she was so freaking nice to me and she was okay with texting me. This sounds so bad. She's okay with texting me because I have a lot of, you know, like I'm I'm on a lot of phone calls. So a text message is easier for me. Um, But she's the nicest lady, but she's somebody who could probably use a little bit of help on how to grow the business. Um, So much like the cadence of others on this business, that's something that you're open to for our listeners if they wanted to. And it doesn't have to be female. I'm just putting it out there. Absolutely. I'm here to help. You know, we've had our struggles and I've seen a lot in 15 years. So, you know, any question I probably have an answer to or can find one for them. So, Paul, you got anything else for Miss Dana? No, I thought this was really, really helpful. I think that you've got a very impressive company. I'm excited to see where you take it. Do you want to sure. share like what your vision is, where you oh, want please. it? Oh, please. Oh, gosh. Um, I mean, we always said, well, our goal was 20 million by 2020, but that didn't happen. So um, 2020 didn't happen anyway. Yeah, so my, my dad's always said he's going to buy a Corvette when we hire 100 employee. So <laughs> we, I mean, we just want to grow it. I, I, you know, I'm not, I don't envision being, you know, a hundred million dollar company. I just want to grow something that can withstand is sustainable. Um, and you know, that we can continue to feed 70 families and, um, enjoy our lives. So. Yeah. And you're doing good business. I've yeah. said this doing good is good business and clearly you're doing it. I mean, with the 4.9 rating and 2000 plus reviews and in business, you know, forever at this point. So listen, shout out to your little man, Carter. <laughs> Cutest little dude. Um, I love all the pictures that you guys, that you guys post of him. Um, but listen, I appreciate you sharing so much, you know, and it, and it's something that it's a top generation. Fourth generation. Yeah. <laughs> oh Lord. I can't wait to see what the company looks like then I mean, when he's around. Yeah. It'd be so different. Um, but listen, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, one, number one, I'm grateful for our friendship. Um, number two, I'm grateful for our partnership. And number three, I'm grateful for you coming on, spending time and sharing with all of our listeners just your insight. Oh, thank you for having me. It was a blast. Paul, you have anything else? No, that is it. It's back to the yurt for me. So it was great getting to know you and chat with you. And um, always good to, to hear that Michigan accent. It brings me home. There it is. There it is. So listeners, thank you so much. Hopefully you got some good takeaways and think boxes you can check. And uh, like any, if you'd like to connect with Dana directly, you can reach out to us and we can make that happen. Unless... Dana would like to share her. Well, I think what you said, she wants me to give her her cell phone number so everybody can text message. So would you be okay if somebody wanted to reach out to you through uh, email? Oh, it's, uh, yeah. it's Dana, D-A-Y-N-A-H is in Henry at cncheat.com. Got it. I'll go ahead and uh, if you're cool with it, I'll just add it in as well. Or if somebody wants to, they just reach out to us. That's what they normally do anyway. So thank you so much. We appreciate you. Listeners, thank you so much. We saw like seven, six or seven new reviews come across, which is fantastic. It's like the best feeling in the world is getting testimonials and reviews from y'all. We appreciate you. Until next time, Dana, thank you so much. Tall Paul, enjoy your yurt. TP in the TP. Until next time, listeners, we'll see you. Thank you for listening to To The Point. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please consider leaving us a review in the App Store. And don't forget to share with your friends. Till next time, kick some ass.